You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Hey, everybody. Jackie Lewis here. Welcome to this second season of Love, Period. This season, we're focusing our conversations on my new book, Fierce Love, a bold path to ferocious courage and rule-breaking kindness that can heal the world. Each of my friends will be helping me to think about the themes in each chapter, nine practical practices that can help us love ourselves, love our posse, and then love the world into healing. It all starts with you, and we're going to give you practical tips to make these practices a part of your life. Today's episode is inspired by Chapter 3 of my book, Fierce Love. Travel lightly, downsize the burdens you carry. I invited my friend Valerie Kaur to come by today to talk with me about traveling lightly. She's the author of See No Stranger, a memoir of revolutionary love. She's an activist, an artist, a filmmaker, a mom, and she knows as well as anybody what it's like to downsize what we're carrying around with us so we can be revolutionary in our love. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, my wonderful Valerie Kaur, my beautiful Jubilee friend. How are you? Storm. (laughs) It's such a joy (laughs) to be with you in this moment. I think Jubilee really fits you, right? (laughs) And just a storm really fits you. I've had the I've had the pleasure to be having conversations in these times with our some of our other ex fellows, and each time I've been just sort of rehearsing the story of how we got to these names. How would you tell it from your point of view, hun? Oh, it was it was Otis who named us, didn't he? Yeah. Bishop named yes, us. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that very first gathering of senior fellows in the desert. <laughs> It felt like we were gathering in a clearing and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Auburn Seminary, you know, the, the organizers asked us to stand up and name our superpowers. And yeah. we all noticed how uncomfortable it was at the beginning yeah. to, to, you know, to name them in ourselves and that that in itself was a barrier that actually to, to own your own greatness <laughs> and that each, there's greatness in each of us is right. the obstacle that often needs to be removed in order to access our full power, potential, impact in the world. And so for Otis then to watch each of us and say, okay, okay, I think I think I know what needs to be done. We all need to be named after superheroes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he, he gave us all names. And oh my gosh, in the darkest moments, right? Jubilee like fights with light. <laughs> That's what she That's does. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm always giggling thinking, the power of naming, right? Like, did yeah. did we become what we were named, or right. or right? Like, what's the order of that? And is there some dynamic in it where I become right. more like Storm because I was named Storm? Right, right, and you right, right. No, more <laughs> light warrior. You were you were always Storm to us, right? <laughs> you were. I mean, you would change the weather. I mean, like we saw you on the ground in the streets. I mean, the wake of Charleston. You can walk into a place where people are in trauma and grief, and then you know. 
read the winds and move the winds until everyone starts to sing together. I mean, that you always were that to us. And I think there's something about naming it and being witnessed and for all of us to hold up a mirror to say, no, this, this is who you are. This is oh, who you are. That I just have seen us like you, me, own it even more. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Just stretch become out. more Jubilee, become more storm. I love it. And yeah. gosh, if we could do that for all of our babies. Right? I know, to name right? them into their greatness. Mm. Oh my gosh, right? You say that and I think, I think, <laughs> I think Lion King, yeah. right? And the naming of Simba and yeah. all those traditions of our ancestors of sort of mm. looking at a baby and lifting up a baby and naming the baby. Mm. Um, of course, every time I do that, little thing I did with you there, my niece Rio. That is not how it goes. These are the words. Like, she knows. Like, okay, I don't know what the, I can't say them yet, but I believe you, my love. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. <laughs> so um, your babies have beautiful names. Mm-hmm. Do they do they have significance in your tradition? And, and did you pick, tell us about picking those names of Ananda and Kavi. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. So Kavi means poet. Mm. But um, it has a deeper meaning in 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 South Asian tradition. Like Gavi is to be a, like a sage poet. It's to wow. to see the world through the eyes of wonder. Mm. Mm. And my my grandfather was a poet, a poet warrior. I would call him. And my husband's grandfather was also a, a really renowned poet in Kannada language. So we thought, how do we honor our grandfathers and honor that ancestry inside of him? Yeah. Let's name him Kavi. Just <laughs> not a common name, you know. It's but he's really lived into it. I mean, the questions he asks me at night. Oh my gosh, Storm. He'll ask me. I'll, I'll say, Kavi, you can ask me anything, anything. He says, Okay, mommy. Why does life give birth to itself? <laughs> why does life? <laughs> Okay, mister. <laughs> I was like, uh, ask me another question. He's like, okay, uh, what is beyond the future? <laughs> I know. Oh this is Gubby at six. <laughs> Who is the sweetest boy? I remember being uh-huh. on tour with you on that together tour yeah. and your parents and Covey and Sharat and you and just like the whole family of just... Light warriors, yes, all of you, all of you, all of you. <laughs> oh, then now you have to be introduced to Ananda, because yeah. Ananda, I mean, I literally wrote my book, I wrote See No Stranger while pregnant with her, and it was yeah. such a painful pregnancy storm. It was mm-hmm. just, I, remember. I didn't know if, I mean, there was part of me that didn't, I didn't know if I was going to make it. And so writing the book almost became, you know, you know, just in case, what are, what are the stories that I need her to know? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's no mm. deadline like a due date, right? So I couldn't extend it. Like he's going to come out. So I wrote and wrote. Finally, this book I, that had been in me for you know almost two decades, it finally came out. And I was sitting at this desk at which I'm speaking to you, and I wrote the last words: "May joy be your lifeblood," which was my letter to her. And mm-hmm. got up immediately, went into active labor, and she was born four hours later. Oh my god! <laughs> and so she was like, "Let's go, mommy." So we named her Ananda, which means like joy, but just like Gavi, it's like not just joy, it's divine, ecstatic joy. It's the, wow. the, the, the thing that resounds inside of you when you feel the oneness with everything around you, the divine outside, the divine within, that kind of joy. That's her name. <laughs> Am I, let's see if I can do this right. Is it Inkangar? No. What is yeah. that? Yeah. 
Did I did I do it okay? Yeah, ik ik onkar. Ik onkar. Mm-hmm. A so Can beautiful you? storm. Yeah, ik onkar is the, the 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 root of the root of the Sikh faith. It is the first utterance in our scriptures, and mm-hmm. it translates as you know the oneness of the world and the oneness of humanity. You know, and I I, I take it to mean you can look upon the face of anyone or anything around you and say you are a part of me. I do not yet know. I love that. Ikonka, I remember when we were on the tour, you had a necklace that yeah. Shrat gave you with the symbol. Right here. Uh, yeah. you've, t- you've taught me a lot about, about your tradition over the years. I think that's what I've so loved about our friendship is that I, you know, it's one thing kind of rattling off facts to people who want to know more about the Sikh faith. Okay, there are mm-hmm. 23 million worldwide. There are half a million in the U.S. This is why we wear our articles of faith. We believe in equality, service, one God. And there's another. <laughs> it's an entirely <laughs> different thing to be in a sisterhood with someone who sees how the faith is living and breathing through you. Yep. You know, in 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 the in the brave moments, in the dark moments, in the the hard moments, like. And and when those concepts, you know, ik on God or chardikala ever rising, mm-hmm. these things, you know, that that are breathing through me, you come to know them not as something you read in a book, but you're you. It becomes an experience that lives in your body because you're right. seeing your sister, and that's what you've done for me. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at, at middle, I you know, I, I every time I talk about middle, I say, I have never felt at home <laughs> at. A Christian church, the way that I feel at home at Middle Church. I mean, it's the physical space, and now even if the physical space is not available to us, the the virtual sacred yeah. space that you've yeah. created—that is multiracial, multicultural—a place where I can feel fully seen and beloved. Yeah. And for you to invoke the divine and to tell stories of Jesus and that kind of space, really, you know, reanimated. Um, all of these Christian concepts that had been so oppressive to me for so much of my life, like you you gave them to me anew as medicine instead of bludgeon overhead. And that is quite the work of alchemy, my love. Let me tell you, talk about storm. Like you. That, that is changing the weather, right? Right there. Yes, that's right. And I, I think it's just so important, Valerie Jubilee. It's so important, Jubilee, that your, your testimony, I mean, I do carry in my soul I carry the stories you've shared with me in in my soul, and I I carry your mama taking care of you while you have the baby. You, yeah. you know, the, some of the stories that you tell so beautifully in your book, "See No Stranger," but also that I got to watch your mother be the mother who mothers you the way she mothers you, right? Mm. And the way you mother Covey, and the way your dad is is kind of holding all of that, but. But I'm not. Well, I'm not in that birthing room. But I'm out here holding all. Of that. I'm holding all of that, right? <laughs> and and there's something about also then love, owning, holding, that the Christian faith hurt you as a young person. Mm-hmm. Like I hold that too. I hold the stories you've told of feeling like you were treated like an outsider or called an outsider or you know um, called a, a, a dog. I never forget that. People who claimed to love God hurt my friend. Mm. And I feel like that's our job also, right? To, if we're going to see each other's superpowers and affirm our superpowers, we have to be able to also see each other's wounded places, 
even healing places, even the faint scar of the healed place, Mm -hmm. to remember that we've been a part of it. We have been a part of hurting each other. And perhaps the memories of the stories, making your story my story, cherishing it, Mm -hmm. makes me responsible for your heart. Mm. And I think that's so important to heal ourselves, that we would be responsible for each other's hearts. What do you mm. think about that? That's so beautiful. It, it makes me think about what the true meaning of solidarity is. Mm-hmm. You know, like shallow solidarity is rooted in the logic of exchange. You know, mm. I show up mm-hmm. for you, so you show up for me. Mm-hmm. Like I post your right. hashtag, you post me. You know? <laughs> hashtag, and too many of our right. movements are operated on that logic. Right. But like right. deep solidarity is rooted in in love and fierce love, you know, and revolutionary right. love. It's, yes, yes. It's it's the the recognition that we belong to one another as sisters, brothers, siblings. That you know, our, our movements are only as strong as our ability to to love one another and loving one another. That's only as deep as our ability to grieve with each other, to weep with each right. other. I mean, so yes. I have wept with you, Storm, and I have right. I've struggled with you, Storm, and I have and I have raised my voice in song with you, Storm. You know, I've marched with you, Storm. And that, the longevity of that kind of deep solidarity is like the embodiment of beloved community. And I keep thinking, I mean, it's been 20 years since I became an activist after 9-11. And I keep thinking about how much farther we have to go. And Oh my goodness, yeah. The labor is not just a means to an end. The labor for justice has to be an end in itself, you mm. know? And, and, and if mm. we show up with, mm-hmm. with love and in relationship with sisters and brothers, like the, the, the relationship that we have, <laughs> that, 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 that makes it so that we are embodying the beloved community, even as we're yes. trying to birth it out in the world. And right. that makes it enough. Mm. It makes it enough. Yeah. I am. Um, so delighted to have cooked a book in my body for nine years. Yeah. And the, I mean, you know, you were there reading drafts yeah. of this thing a long <laughs> time ago. And that, and then it took nine months to sort of push it out, let's say, the final labor mm. pains, mm. nine months. And one of the things that's been just keeps ringing around and around in my head, Valerie, as we look at the world as it is, is how delighted I am to be in the world with other people who are clear that love is a powerful force Mm. of healing, change, transformation, revolution. Mm. That your work on revolutionary love and my work on revolutionary love, love period, just love, all the love ways we talk (laughs) about it together, is fierce. It's fierce. It's Frankly, it's fierce that we found a way to work together um, on kind of a shared learning shared path to to share the concept to be different and to be the same pointing if if you understand what i'm trying to say yes. i think we modeled something really beautiful in the world about a sick love warrior mm-hmm. and an african american semi christian love warrior <laughs> <laughs> did you like the semi christian <clears throat> working says together says the minister says yeah. the minister uh, but working together and and all the ways that we've tried to amplify the voices of you know our our fellows 
where we can. I, I just think it's been a really beautiful experience, Valerie, to find ways to do that in a world that's absolutely a hot mess. Mm, I agree. I mean, I, it's almost as if we are lifting all of our voices, our very different voices, to mm-hmm. sing the same song. Yes. Or, yeah. or to participate in the same great symphony, you know, and yes. our voices are harmonizing. Right. They're different. They're different yeah. pitches. They're different even languages, but they're harmonizing to invite people into a new way of being. And, yes. And of course, the song has gone on for thousands of years before us. Exactly. It's not a new song. Right. And it's not even a new behavior to partner. It just feels to me like there are vibrations in the world that don't. There are systems and structures and vibrations mm-hmm. that work against the love that we know we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that doesn't sound too simplistic, listeners, but. Right? I am. Um, I, I do think, though, there's a newness in how we are lifting up the song now. I mean, I don't know if this kind of partnership that we have lived into the last decade, if, if that was as so common <laughs> a generation well, that's ago. No, you know, that's I, right. That's right. I feel like there are more of us now who are f- hearing ourselves in each other's stories and finding ways to, to build the deep solidarity that we've been talking about living into. And, and then that feels different. You know, so many of the crises that we're facing now feel like previous traumas. You know, I, right. I know mm. after George Floyd's murder last summer, how so many, you know, felt like this, you know, this felt like 1992. It felt yeah. like 1968. And yet, yeah. yet what happened is we saw images we never saw before, you know, black people right. kneeling in the streets, surrounded by white people in front of an army of police officers. Like those images are new, <laughs> like like the rise of a multiracial, multi-faith, you know, global uprising yeah. for black lives. And I felt similarly after the shooting in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yes, this year yeah. on Sick Americans, that it felt like Oak Creek mm-hmm. in 2012. It felt like post 9-11. It felt like when right. my grandfather came a century ago, nothing is new. The same traumas, the same white supremacist violence. And yet when we held a solidarity vigil in the wake of that, oh, there were 10,000 people who showed up online and from all different faiths and backgrounds and movements and to say, no, 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 we... Oh, we are standing together. And th- this is this is where I feel like um, birthing labor offers a really useful metaphor for change. Because as long as we're thinking about progress as linear in America, then it, we're sliding back into darkness. But if we think about America as a nation still waiting to be born, right. and that the story of this nation is one long labor, yeah. then progress and birthing labor, labor is cyclical. It's not linear. It's cyclical. It's exper- right. expansions and contractions. And every turn through the cycle feels like the previous trauma. But if enough of us show up, if more of us than ever before are showing up Amen. in the labor, the way that you show up for yeah. me and I show up for you, right? then we're yeah. creating a little bit more space than there was before right. for dignity, for equality. And here's the thing, Storm. I don't know how many more turns through the cycle it's going to take before mm. we birth in America where we are all safe and free. But I know I want to show up to do my part in the labor. And the way that I have found the ability to do that is if I'm doing it with this ethic of love. I I just feel like there's just absolutely so much truth in that. So much truth in that.
Is There Life After Doom? Explore the complexity of hope and grief at our upcoming event, Courage and Resilience, an online gathering with Brian McLaren. Unpack themes from Brian McLaren's new book, Life After Doom. Discover how to find courage, even when everything may feel hopeless. Join us live on May 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. All those who register will have access to the recorded replay for one year. Register at cac.org courage. How many more cycles will it take is the boundary, the barrier, the we don't knowness. But the mm-hmm. truth that we do know is the love is the way. I love is the way and the truth and the life. That's why I say I'm <laughs> kind of Christian. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think love is the way and the truth and the life, right? This. So you remember, Valerie, when we were working on a draft of this book long yes. ago when you came and were in residence at Middle Church, which just was wild. Yeah. I was always thinking, you know, this way we do life, the way we do faith is just so childish, churlish, mean, stingy, small. Wonder if we could get a grown-up God. Remember that language? Wonder if we could get a grown-up God. I believe you asked me a question one time that helped me to rethink that. Like, is that really a grown-up God? Or is it even a more, is it a simpler, more, I'm going to say, is it a simpler God that that that's the language I adapted in my brain when you said mm-hmm. that. And it made me think I wasn't really talking about God at all. Not that I'm not talking about God, but that this insight I was having wasn't about God so much as, as it was about us. That it was about how will we love each other. Whether we're doing God language or we're atheists, whether we're sick or Christian, whether right. we're gendered, what, what, how are we going to do human is really what it turned out that I was wrestling with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying that to get to something I've been letting go of mm. to be ready to be more in this movement the way I want to be in the movement. Mm. Like... You know, I'm writing about three three levels of love, love of, love of self, love of posse, love of world, right? Mm-hmm. You, you read the book and blurbed it, thank God. <laughs> but in the space of what do I need to stop dragging around with me so that I can be the love warrior I want to be, mm-hmm. our friend Glennon? How, how, what do I need to not carry around with me so I can show up, Valerie, loving myself so I can love my neighbor. How, what it, what, what's anything that constricts me, impinges me, that I need to kind of let go of so I can actually really be the me I think I need to be to do the love I need to do? Mm. That's been an interesting personal query. And I gained 13 pounds during COVID and lost them. <laughs> but there was something about the... Expansion and contraction. Yeah. That felt like labor. Mm, mm. Feel me? Like, I yeah. just, I did all the things that we all did during COVID. I, you know, I sat still too long. I worried too much. I sat on my butt and wrote this book. I didn't exercise enough. I All the kinds of things. But even though, but so like, I gained some weight with this pregnancy, right? Mm. I gained some weight with this pregnancy. And... What I was pregnant with was, like, this is beyond religion. This is beyond religion. This is a call, a calling in of all the souls 
who know that we have the ability to heal the world? And how do you not have barriers in yourself so you can make no barriers for them to all come? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I came to this place, too, that love is a wellspring from which we all can drink. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we may be coming from the wellspring from different paths. So you may right. be coming over the mountain, and you may be coming through the desert, and you through the valley. So you're coming, you're inspired by a, your Christian faith. I'm inspired by my Sikh faith. There's a hum, humanist traditions and a deep, right. you know, others are coming from so in love with 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 science and and right. placing our faith in, 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 in science and the fact that it's a cosmological and biological fact that we are part of everyone and everything around us. Like you, you can come to it from different sources of inspiration, but the love ethic itself yes. is what is available for all of us, yes. who, no matter That's who right. we are. And there is, and this, is, this is where I, you know, I, I feel this when I, when I read about you describing and I hear you calling for fierce love. This is not you know, a, a rush of good feeling, right? This is love as a muscular ethic. And I, I describe it as like yes. love is sweet labor. It's yep. fierce right. and bloody right. and imperfect, life-giving right. choice that we make. And if love is labor, then love can be taught, love can be modeled, love can be practiced. Yes. And what right. I find so invigorating is that more and more of us now are naming the practices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, right. how to be brave with your grief, how to be, how to honor your rage, how to let go of things that are dragging you down and the little right. critic in your mind or in your consciousness yeah. that's keeping you from realizing your full self or following the path that is calling you. I I feel like the more that we can share the good news around these right. practices. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> right, the more that we can say, well, all of us can have access to building beloved community where we are. Right where right. we are. That's right. And be the and be the what the midwife. I'm going to mm. mess up some metaphors now. Be the <laughs> midwife. It's going to be the midwife of your own best self, your own yes. lighter self, your own yes. unburdened self. Not again, fake, pretend um, behaviors that look like you've overcome. I mean, really looking at your stuff and owning your stuff and thinking, well, that no longer serves me, right? And um, and here I am moving into the world with lighter, lighter baggage. Well, th- that that is what has been so, I don't know, it's, it's just such an honor, Jackie, to read those early drafts of Fierce Love. Because I, it was like, I got to witness you getting so brave and putting stories on the page that were hard to name into the world, right? Like hard to grapple with. You had to reckon with your own trauma, your own healing, the messiness of it all, and to put it on the page. And then to see you in the process of like editing over the years, discern, Mm -hmm. it was almost like you're just discerning, discerning the the consolidated wisdom of what you Mm -hmm. wanted. So how, how, how perfect then that the chapter headings of the book are all about like the lessons, you know, the, the shared practices, like let go of the baggage, travel lightly. Like it's, um, it's really been profound to see you do that even as a minister of your standing to be brave enough to continue to go on a process of your own evolution and transform your own rebirthing. (laughs) 
And like, oh, sweetie, that's may so we good all be so brave. <laughs> I want to see you be brave. <laughs> that's I hope right. we can keep that in there. Yeah. Um, it's really beautiful, little sister, to have that affirmation from you to that you watched me wrestle it out. Yeah. Because I, I did, right? I had to really wrestle it out. I, who have not given birth, actually really gave birth yes, uh, you through did. this process. A ripping, a tearing, a, a sorrow, a joy, a taking breaths in between. You know, John, you know, being my birth coach. You yes. can do it today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Come on, girl. <laughs> push it out. <laughs> Breathe, push, That's my right. friend Valerie would say. And I just am thinking to myself, Valerie, um, the resonance I have always found in your is this the darkness of the tomb or the darkness of the womb? Mm. And and the ways that people gravitate to that because there's something that we know is really true about it, right? Mm. That there is some truth about sometimes you need the dark, loamy place to grow the new thing or mm. you need the dark, loamy place to give birth to the new thing and that our nation is in a time of transition and that all of us who have suffered this last year need to feel the hope that these conversations bring, that your words bring, that I hope my words bring, that not only will we get through this, this is in itself, again, mixing metaphors, an episode or an in-between time that if you were on a birthing table, that's that time, right, where you'd catch your breath and get the ice chips or get your head bathed, that we are squeezing contracting as a society to give room, birth, space in the cervix for the new thing to come out, not to be too graphic. <laughs> but I think that resonates because we kind of know it. So we're feeling in a primordial it. place, right? We right. feel it. We, yeah. we are being stretched. We are being torn. We are yes, being... that's right. That question, Jackie, of is this the darkness of the tomb or the darkness of the womb? I've asked myself every day, and it is both. Mm-hmm. We have lost so much. Yeah. You know, we are losing so much. I mean, between the pandemic and the racial violence and the racial reckonings, the climate catastrophes. I mean, as we speak, there are fires yeah. in. California yeah. that are threatening my beautiful sequoias, thousands of years yeah. old, these trees, and we can't get them back. Like we are losing so much. So it's much. The darkness mm-hmm. of the tomb. And and then to have the audacity to sit with that loss and that mm-hmm. grief and that trauma yeah. and to lift our gaze and to insist on seeing the darkness of the womb. Like what is emerging here that has not emerged before? What is wanting to be birthed? And yeah. I do feel like I am seeing, I mean, our relationship is a testament to this. I am seeing people waking up, being in relationship, grieving together, raging together, reimagining together, marching together, yeah. you know, re reimagining their own area of public life, their own sphere of influence and and ways that I just, I never imagined possible before. Like, and in in those acts, in those moments and those, in those gatherings around fierce love that 
I, I, I feel like I see glimpses of the nation, the world that is wanting to be born. Yeah. So I train my eye, you know, I train to my eye to see. Yep. <laughs> yep, to recognize it, to see it, yeah. to celebrate it. It's so important, Jubilee. One of my staff and I were talking yesterday, and it was just a, like one of those moments where you are doing work, but then you're actually having a real conversation about love and life at the yeah. same time. And I said, you know, middle church testifies to me that what I write is true. Hmm. I mean, you do too, right? Your work does too. Hmm. But I wish I could, I wish there were just a way, I wish everyone in my congregation, all the people who've come and gone, all the ones who are there doing in this movement, the brave people, the, the brave people, the brave white people who sit around while I tell them about white supremacy, you know, mm-hmm. um, the the brave African American people who are wounded and still and traumatized and still come to church and sit next to the white people, right? Uh, it's just really true, right? Like it snaps to you all and the the Asians and the indigenous people and the Latinx people, just the way that that the community uh, dares to breathe together dares to stand together, to sing together, in a time, Valerie, in a place where we're just so wounded by the politic that is America, the politic that is global, of just bias and hatred and race-based violence and xenophobia. I mean, our love doesn't make those things less real. And so it is so brave to bring your light sword mm. or your ability to change the weather <laughs> or, your, or your fear and your vulnerability to these spaces where the work is being done and stand there and just kind of grieve and love at the same time. Mm. Like there's no luxury called, it's not hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's sweet labor, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's tough to show yourself to yourself and love yourself. (laughs) I'm so proud of my congregation's bravery. I just Mm -hmm. hope if any one of them is listening, they'll hear me say, I love you, you Mm -hmm. brave person, you. For being in the movement with us, right? I have been sitting at the feet of Grace Lee Boggs lately, her writings, and I keep thinking, okay, she lived till a, a hundred, right? Right. So yeah. what does it mean to find longevity in the labor for justice? And she writes, you know, she writes that movements, true movements will rise when those who have survived oppression stop seeing themselves as victims, but start seeing themselves as new human beings, as pioneers of a mm. new way of doing human relations. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it, Jackie. I keep thinking that what you're naming, what, what you're seeing in the, in the testimonies of your middle church congregants of showing up with the fear and the vulnerability and the, the discomfort and the grief and then choosing to love and the messy work <laughs> of that right. fierce love, that revolutionary love, that that, that is the, you know, the, 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 
the living into what we want for the country as a whole. Yep, that's right. And that if that's we right. can equip, you know, a, you know, I keep thinking anti-racism is the bridge, but right. beloved community is the destination. Destination, that's right. And I if totally we, agree with that. we can create those containers, you know, that middle church yeah. is a container for that, right? Like if we can con- create and nurture and inspire more and more of those containers, like every school, every home, every workplace, right. every church, every yes. house of worship, right? Every neighborhood yeah. can become a pocket of that kind of beloved community because this love stuff is not saintly. It's not mystical. It's, you know, it's practical. It's pragmatic. That's There's right. a way that's exactly right. to, to do it. Yeah. And that's what your work does. That's what I hope like our work does. And, and so many others, certainly right. in, in, among the ex fellows, equipping people with, with those tools. If, if we can equip a critical mass of us to practice in this way, then I, I see us in transition as a nation, as, as a yep. world over the next 20 yeah, yeah. to 25 years. And so could could we be the ones in this invisible way, this quiet way, you know, revolutions don't just happen in those big grand public moments, but in the spaces where people are coming together to inhabit a new way of being. Yep. Perhaps that's, that's how we shift culture and consciousness over yes. the long haul to deliver a little bit, get a little bit closer <laughs> to what I is wanting that. to be born. I love you. I love the way you said that. Little 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 spaces and tiny steps also, right? Classrooms. I was talking to some parents yesterday about creating a container for their kids at home, that mm. they are the teachers, the kids are watching. Um, and something you said just then just caught my—this is a fully unformed thought. Ha ha. <laughs> fully unformed thought. <laughs> but there is a shedding that happens when we're all together in the messiness, in the love. I think, I don't want to get too graphic about what's going on inside a woman's body, but, you know, there is a, there's, there's, a, there's a change, there's a transformation. Maybe the reason that the, the powers that be want to separate us with hatred and fear and competition is because they know if we'll get together, we'll change. Like, you changed me, Valerie. Hmm. My, you know, my congregants changed me. My grandkids changed me. You, you can't come together in solidarity with another who's different from you and also not become a little bit like them, a little changed mm. by them, mm. impacted by their narrative, right, by their story. So you are letting go of something. You, you have to. It's, it's, it, it just must happen, and it will happen. Something r- rinses off you, sloughs off you. You scrape yourself in their story, and it right. It takes off something. My dad. Oh my God! Right. I'm thinking he's going to read this book, and things are going to happen. I'll call you to come to the shore and be with you. Um, I'll be but, here with. I'll right. be here for you. My dad is so changed hmm. because of his relationship with John, or Rodney's wife Didi, who's Filipina. I mean, he just is different because there's a sloughing off a shaping John's different you know in his relationship with me so we are becoming Valerie Mm -hmm. in the close proximity of each other's stuff and stories and dreams and hopes Mm -hmm. and we won't be the same when we get through this birth canal (laughs) yeah I, I feel like so much of White nationalist aggression in this country is a symptom of unresolved grief. 
Mm. that mm-hmm. they're grieving the notion this nation never belonged just to them in the first place and mm-hmm. that the nation is changing and the truth is yes I want to say yes my love it is changing yes it is <laughs> we're yep. becoming a multi-faith multi-racial multicultural democracy if, if we get this right if we stay in the labor that's the nation we will birth and that nation has never been in the history of the world yes it means transforming around yep. you and within you and that can be scary. That is scary. We're seeing how scary it is for so many people. And we're seeing out of those wounds, out of that, you know, that the limitations inside of them, how that manifests in force and violence. And and I keep thinking if if there are enough people who can midwife them (laughs) (laughs) along the way, then then they can, they can see that they don't have to be afraid of, of what we are becoming. So what what you're naming in your in in the witness of how we are transformed by each other in our personal relationships like i feel like magnify that to what's happening in the country as a whole and that takes a kind of bravery it, it takes yeah. a kind of surrender and a kind of trust that what where we'll come out on the other side as individuals and as a nation is richer and stronger and more beautiful than whatever was before that's really true but so valerie jubilee Yes, story. Right. <laughs> what do you know for sure about love? Mm. It's always here. Mm. In the moments when I th- feel alone or afraid or that it's absent, it's just, I just have to open my eyes, feel the earth beneath my feet, Remember my grandfather's love in my body. Mm-hmm. Know that separateness is an illusion. And if I just sink into the present moment here and now, I can access the love that has been poured into me, the love that I am capable of, the love that surrounds me on all sides. And that that can give me enough energy to take the next breath and then push. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And when I say fierce love, mm. what just what comes up for you? Mm. That's, you know, of course I have the image of the birthing table and the <laughs> yeah. blood and the ferocity <laughs> and the messy and the labor of it all, right? You know, it's like to love like that when the world's on fire, you know, to love yeah. like that in the face of crises and oppressions on all sides, like to love like that, to insist on that, that is Fierce. Yes, it is. That is fierce. <laughs> and that is what I think we're inviting everyone into to say, no, it's actually delicious too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the most vibrant way to be alive is to like live inside of this fierce love. Like it's like this heartbeat that's pulsating through you. It's the universe breathing through you. It's, yeah. you know, when you surrender yourself to it and you give yourself to it, it carries you. Because you're never alone. Never alone in it. That's beautiful, my friend. I love you so much. I love you too. I fiercely love you. (laughs) I fiercely love you too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this conversation today. Valerie and I both think a lot about the metaphor of giving birth, of midwifing our best selves, our most loving selves. And so I want to leave you with this thought today. Is there any part of you that is yearning to be reborn? Any part of you that wants to push through 
burdens and problems and be lighter in the world, I'd like you to think of me and Valerie as your midwives, encouraging you to take a deep breath and to push, push forward to the new you of tomorrow. And remember, along this journey, things might feel heavy and you might not even feel light enough to lift up your love in the world. Remember that even the unforgiven hurts, the bitter resentments, and hard feelings that weigh you down have stories for you, wisdom for you, insight for you. Your job is to feel the feelings, to learn the lessons, and then let the heaviness go. 